Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Let's get ready to rumble! Hey there! Do you like films? Do you like wrestling from the 2000s? Do you want to see a film about wrestling from the 2000s? Well, WrestleTalk are hosting a special screening of Ready to Rumble for its 19th anniversary at the Prince Charles Cinema in Leicester Square on May 7th, 2019. Wrestling's fake. Wrestling's not fake! Myself, Ollie Davis, Luke Cohen, Laurie Blake, Randy Andy Dat. Some Pequenel and maybe a few other surprises will be in attendance for a meet and greet before the film. And then stick around after the screening for a special Wrestle Ramble podcast recording where we'll talk in depth about David Arquette winning the WCW Championship to promote the film and what it did for the wrestling industry. Would that be raw sewage I'm smelling? They kind of always like that smell. If you've not seen Ready to Rumble before, come see the sports entertainment epic The Detroit News Said manages to insult not only pro wrestlers, but also their fans. Brittany, let's go out again. We'll talk about me and you. Dude, the Matt-based masterpiece the New York Post called a toilet humor farce proud of its own crudeness. Your sister shot her first perp today. That's nice, Gabby. And if that doesn't tempt you, the Orlando Sentinel said of this barn burner brilliance, yes, film fans, there is a new worst movie of all time. Any match, any time. The Steel Cage. Steel Cage wins. No, so come see Shut, Shut up, up Randy, Randy. Shut, Shut up, Shut up. You're not part of this So come see Ready to Rumble At the Prince Charles Cinema On May 7th With your friends At WrestleTalk Tickets are available now Support WrestleTalk Donate on Patreon Making their way To the ring At a combined weight Of undeniably sexy Hailing from London The Wrestle Ramble Podcast Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Ramble podcast. I am Ollie Davis in a post Endgame world, a post Phase Four. Well, is Spider Man Far From Home Phase? Uh, that, it might be technically Phase really? Four. Depends on when we need to wait till Marvel do their big announcements mm. of what the Phase Four movies will be, which I'd imagine they'll they'll hold like they're in a little press conference in a couple of months' time or about a month's time. If phases are even a thing, mm. Feige was talking about maybe that's not going to be a thing anymore. Don't worry, we won't spoil anything for you. We will only say that Avengers Endgame is a movie. Mm-hmm. And it's a movie. And really, I don't think this is a spoiler either. I cried mm. because that happens in a lot of films. It was a movie that we watched yesterday. 
in a very chatty Kathy screening. <sighs> Kids behind me, very chatty. Kid in front of us, very chatty. Little group of teenagers, very chatty to your right. Yeah, they uh, one of whom, squick, get this, we're queuing up for the film. Uh, we an, an hour before the film actually began, and one of the kids screamed out a spoiler. Yeah, a major spoiler for the film. Yeah. Um, and he was in the queue for the same film. So he's just a prick. Yes, absolutely. He was just being a prick. I called him a prick. You did. And, and he, he st- walked past me. And he stopped and said, did you just call me a prick? And he just brilliantly went, yeah, I did. Yeah. And he carried on walking. <laughs> yes. I was I was a bit concerned that he would be outside because stabbings are rife in London, unfortunately. Yeah. And Anna, my girlfriend who was with us, said, you, they might, you shouldn't have done that. Like, yeah, now I know that. But <laughs> At the time. At the time, I was, time I was angry. Uh, and he was being an idiot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I very much enjoyed the movie. I've, I've been... I need to see it again to find out where it's officially in my <laughs> MCU rankings. But currently it's number two. Wow. Behind Winter Soldier. Yeah. What do you look at that? I think Winter Soldier will always be numero uno. I think that's a spoiler. I think you can't say that. I think you can't rank it <laughs> in the list. <laughs> um, but yeah, you're going to go see it again next week? Yeah. I, I, I splurged Infinity War. I loved Infinity War so much that I saw it two days after. That's a long old movie. And although I enjoyed it tremendously, um, I, you know, I think this time round that what that was a greedy way. Like you don't want to be too greedy with a movie, do you? So mm. I'm gonna I'm gonna show some self restraint. I'm gonna give myself a ten day gap and then I'm gonna see it again. And yeah, I think that will be a better overall experience. I yep, yeah, it's a movie. Oh, he's crying I, again. I want to talk about it. I want to talk about it. Maybe we'll do it's it. It's a movie. Do you want to do something in the outro? Do we put a spoiler warning? You out know there? what? I've already said you can you can hear all my oh, bits. That's true, actually. Yeah. Head over to Screen Stalker. Or, or if you're listening to this podcast feed, you'll mm. have had this podcast yesterday where ah. Ollie's given his in-depth spoiler-filled thoughts. Yeah. If you yourself have already seen the movie, uh, we'll do a couple of quick shout-outs though before we get out of here. Um, thank you very much to the uh, fiance of Frank. Uh, you may remember he emailed in over the Christmas period um, about um, uh, being very unwell. Yes, yeah. um, and just at the end saying that his uh, surgeries went very well. Oh, that's good so to hear. So good, good news. Thank you very much for your email. She uh, she did say, don't read this all out on air. And it was, I like the email. Sure. Um, and this one comes in from Chris, who says, hello, Luke, Ollie, Laurie, Chopper, Pete. And funny, a well-deserved acknowledgement to the one who really makes the channel and the website, the SWAF Nation. <laughs> I was worried he was actually going to say the name, Yeah, but he didn't. Very well played. Last year, I took up running with my fiance, and it has not been easy. Previously, before I met her, oh, she has done... Run, the- oh, running? Or uh, yeah, this is actually... Ru- yes, not, not jogging. jogging. Not jogging. Act- actual okay. running, yeah. Okay. Uh, previously, before I met her, she had done the London Marathon and other races. I, however, had not run at all unless it was the local chippy on a nice out. Since started running, I've done quite a few park runs and also were run a 10k race and half marathon last November. Hearing Ollie's experience during the Brighton Marathon last <laughs> weekend has been absolutely flipping, absolutely flipping terrified me. I am due to run the Southampton Marathon for charity on the 5th of May weekend. I've just got to the course route that is two laps, which even has a cap on the finish line at a certain time. Otherwise, they stop you. Mm. Yeah, there's a sweeper car. <laughs> there's a sweeper car that goes very slowly right at the back of the marathon. Yeah? Uh, yeah, because like, you have to reopen roads. 
Uh, so you do need to you've got a time schedule to keep to so but i think it's a i think it's like six and a half hours Mm. and i thought wow that's slow but having done it i could easily have taken six and a half hours it's too long and i've only run one 10k and half marathon but training is going well are there any words of wisdom that you would do differently to prepare in advance that's a question for ollie i wouldn't do a wrestlemania five-day live stream Mm mm-hmm and have WrestleMania. I wouldn't pick a marathon so close to the busiest two months of my life. Yeah, yeah, good. Because I, mean, I good. couldn't, I couldn't fit in uh, running training. That's I, I, I will miss those stories about how you got home, realized that you hadn't done training, and then like Forrest Gump just started running, and then yeah. just like, like just drop your stuff. It was like I'm going to run, and then you just run for ten miles. <laughs> Some of those were my best runs. <laughs> Nothing motivates you like panic. Yeah. Um, if you wouldn't mind plugging my charity link on the podcast charity I'm running over the marathon is for countless Mountbatten Hospice which provides a warm and welcoming service for adults facing life limiting illnesses and their families link below so it's justgiving.com forward slash fundraising forward slash Chris hyphen hunt 2019 Chris Hunt 2019. Keep up the consistent work and thank you for keeping my drives to and from work from being boring from Chris you should be running you get to and from work you shouldn't drive to work now Absolutely. All runs. Uh, this comes in from David. Hello, Luke, Ollie, Laurie. I'm going to be nice and break tradition to offer a hello to objectively the best contributor to the WrestleTalk website. Hello, Lewis Dangor. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> I love these swerves. Get back in your windowless room, Randy. <laughs> Uh, I've got a get better slash barbershop window I think you'll appreciate. Mm. Like the two of you, gents, I started losing my hair young. I stopped taking care of myself and my... Not only one of you, gents. I've still got some hair. Yeah, yeah. I've still got hair. It is on the... It's on the the up and up, but... No! It's it's there. All right, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll... Alter the email. Thank you. Uh, like you two gents, I started losing my hair young. I stopped taking care of myself and went up uh, to 300 pound-ish. Hang, uh, hang on, I'm American, so that's type, 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 type. 137 kilograms and 21 and a half stone. He even had like a type, 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 type. Now you're talking here. my metric language. And other archaic measurements Ollie would like he, uh, so he can respond. So it's uh, 137 kilograms, mm, your response. Yeah. Um, that's 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 heavy, yeah. Yeah, uh, I was stuck in a dead end job, growing my beard and whatever hair I could, and it came crazy long. I started one day and I did a full wet shave of my head and trimmed my beard. Wow. I was the first of my friend group to do it, and I was pleasantly surprised. I even convinced my friend's wife to follow in my footsteps. Uh, she described it as freeing and informative. Oh, I bet your friend loved you. Uh, that kicked off a new round of confidence and interest to my betterment. I lost nearly 60 pounds, four stones, 30-ish kilograms, wow. fit into an old swi- uh, old suit and started going on job interviews, where or not, uh, they, whether or not I thought they would hire me. I got offered a job from a hiring fair, moved to a better apartment, and now I make nearly twice as much money for considerably less work. Oh, wow. A lot of the job I'm doing now. Uh, welcome to the club and such an, an Amazon for the headache. Uh, such Amazon for the head blade. Uh, I wonder if that's one of the things you put on and uh, just go, yeah, yeah, yeah. terrifies me. I just think of um, the Stephen King review, Maximum Overdrive, and how that would just cut up your head. Mm. Mm. You know, if the sun's made them all come to life. Uh, it'll be a special occasion, uh, a thousand times easier, although I am part of a ritual nature of an old school straight razor. Ready to Rumble is one of my favorite all-time bad movies. Unfortunately, I've uh, lost almost 7,000 miles. I lived almost 7,000 miles from the Prince Charles Cinema without days off work or a place to stay, so I'll have to pass. I just, have- I just hear that you don't want it enough. <laughs> that's, that's what I get from that. Yeah. 
Dan came from Germany to see us. That was you a three-day event, though. You just don't want it enough. Um, and a great shout-out here. He says, if you have time for any non-wrestling podcast, the guys at How Did This Get Made have great episodes on both Street Fighter and Super Mario Brothers and a great couple of Hulk Hogan classics. I am a big fan big fan of how did this get made do you listen to that podcast luke i listen to it every single bloody day never never heard you talk about i know yeah i uh, absolutely um yeah every single day my wife and i listen to it going to sleep um love it also new podcast recommendations well topher grace has got a new podcast called minor adventures which is very very good Mm. Uh, and he signs off handsome dave p.s i'm leaving ww fandom for a while but i'll stick che- i'll still check you out on the wrestle ramble and screen stalker channel thank you very much david uh we've got to crack on into the show now uh where we're gonna be talking about the falling ratings for raw and smackdown and what could be done to help here's the show so back in the day like because i think it's hard to lose track of what numbers mean what because you hear a 3.0 rating or 3 million viewers what does that mean well the 3.0s and those ratings numbers those are the the share of the audience so effectively 3% of everyone watching tv would watch uh the monday night wars mm. that that they were doing like three ratings it went up to that famous mcfoley segment with uh, the rocks this is your life got Nine, they had like, like a, a yeah, they were getting like rating. eight million viewers and things like that, yeah. and like se- between like seven million viewers and things <clears> like that. So when you hear, oh, they did a three point oh rating, that doesn't mean three million. That just means a percentage share of what's going on. But really, everyone stopped using the rating like criteria now. They just say, oh, this many people were watching mm-hmm. because really, like three million people is actually closer to two. 1.8 on a rating scale. Yeah. Because more than 100,000 people watch TV. Maths. Uh, so so now we're... That used to... Like, there used to be a mentality a couple of years ago where anything below 3 million was a disaster for WWE Raw. In our lifetime of doing this show, going under 3 million would have been seen as a disaster. Yeah, not last year, but 2017, late yeah. 2017. They're all panicking, God, if it goes under 3 million. And then it did for the, uh, well, that would have been 2016, wouldn't it, with the Trump and Clinton stuff. But that was, that went head-to-head with uh, a debate. It was yeah, That exactly. was a huge ratings draw. It was an outlier. <clears throat> but that was the lowest rated episode ever of WWE. But now... That's the norm. Yeah. Three years later, because for whatever reason, I'm sure there's many, WWE or people just aren't watching WWE in the numbers that they were. How many, you might ask? Well, since 2015, a million and a quarter. So 1.25 million people just don't watch WWE anymore. Yeah. And it's so weird as well, because like what they've done is they've driven off the casual audience. And that's hardcore audience because the subscriber number to the network hasn't really changed much in the last year or so. It's I think the the quarterly report came out um, this morning, and it was 1.6 million subscribers, which is what it usually is. I think yeah, it's it was leveled that, off there for about two years. I was going to say it was that like two years ago. Um, so <clears throat> they've still they've maintained that hardcore audience fan base that they just will seemingly never lose. In the same way that Impact never lost that million viewers that they had when they were on Spike. No matter how bad the product got, they always had one million people tuning. It's like one million people just 
tuned in every single week because that's what they did on a Thursday night. Got to go on to Spike. Don't care what's on. I just, I've, I'm programmed to do this. Mm. And they've driven, uh, WWE have driven off the, the casual audience um, that were just sticking around to watch these shows because it's a Monday night. Got to watch the wrestling. And yeah, you got to ask the question of what, what is it that they've done to drive those people away? And they addressed this on the uh, December episode of Raw. The McMahons all came out and they said, hey, this is, you know, ratings are bad. We apologize. We have been putting on a bad product. But it's a new era and things are going to change. It's Baron Corbin's fault. It's all Baron Corbin's fault and Paige's fault. Uh, she booked matches for the Royal Rumble when she wasn't supposed to. Ooh, and then they just booked the same match anyway when it was their idea. Um, <laughs> um, it, but it's things things have changed and it does feel like they have changed they have gone more with sort of audience expectation they went with the Kofi Kingston thing they have gone with the Becky Lynch thing so they are going with what the audience is after but it's not translating into viewers mm. it's a really really weird scenario well it's too late in the day like the, the, the Dave Meltzer brought up a similar parallel on <clears throat> when in WCW's dying days the last six months of Nitro wasn't bad. Like, it was actually a bit better than good. Impact has actually had some of its better years in the last one or two years. But it's too late in the day. The horse has bolted. The ship has sailed. That's It's two years of ineffective booking and just start-stop pushes, stuff not making sense, people being told, don't care about this. And, just as we saw with Nitro, three hours of one show is too much a week. And I... Like, interest in wrestling was declining, of course, from the Attitude Era days. Uh, so many people just stopped watching when you got that double hitter of Stone Cold turning heel and WCW being bought out. Yeah, and The Rock was leaving as well. The Rock was leaving. So those were 2001, 2002. Like, really, that was the end for millions of Myself people included. watching. Yeah, uh, and yeah, me as well. And yeah. then some people come back, but that's rare. And... Then the, the audience slowly trailed off in the noughties, but you're still getting around 5 to 5.5 million viewers on Raw a week Yeah. by the time you start uh, the, the 2010, for instance. But then, since Raw went three hours in 2013, God, it's been five years now, over five years. And people thought it wasn't going to last. Yeah. You're now at a point where Raw is routinely doing below 2.5 million viewers. They've lost half of their audience. Yeah, and on SmackDown side of things, because a lot of people say, because I think it's about 75% of the Raw audience then watches SmackDown. Mm -hmm. And I've seen a few people in the comments on our videos saying, like, well, that seems unfair because SmackDown is the far superior show. It's unfair that SmackDown is the one that gets the least amount of viewers. But really, it's, it's a systematic thing. WWE have spent the last 10 years telling you SmackDown doesn't matter as a show. It is a show that we did in the Attitude Era because wrestling was so popular and there was so much demand for it that we had to create a second show. And that second show just sort of stuck around, even when the interest was dipping, to the point where they're like, well, we've only got so much creative juices, let's just focus on Raw, and SmackDown is just a Raw recap show. So people are almost like, they are just trained to think, SmackDown is the B show, and I don't need to watch it. It'll be interesting to see what happens when it moves to Fox. Yes. Uh, now Roman Reigns is on the show as well. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's But it's, you look at Raw and SmackDown and you think, well, you know, they've got 
two and a half million viewers on Raw every week, roughly now. You've got two, 2.2 million viewers on SmackDown. But you're like, those are the same viewers. Yeah. They're not. These aren't four and a half million viewers overall. WWE will tell you that's what it is, though. Yeah. Because they are. They do believe and they do tell investors, oh, they've got dedicated audiences. They are, there is a Raw dedicated audience and there is a SmackDown dedicated audience. You are, you are one or the other. Which is what makes brand rivalry quite laughable sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Because it's the same people, it's the same fans watching the same shows. Yeah. Even if you are a diehard Marvel fan and you don't like anything the like anything other than Marvel, you'll still go watch the latest Batman movie because yeah. you although you are a diehard Marvel guy, you also like comic book movies and you want to go and see the next comic book movie, particularly if you want to go and say I thought it was rubbish. <laughs> yeah. Uh but just to so the Raw After Mania was the lowest rated episode after Mania in the show's history. Everyone was like, oh, but it's kind of a house show thing now. The superstar shakeup will gain interest. That was 300,000 viewers fewer. Mm. This week, which was very, it's very telling because this is the first non-special episode of WWE programming. It's really the start. The start <coughs> of the new chapter. For, for the year. So that's like the more accurate average number. But also, you start getting the the late stages of the the NBA playoffs happening, and football season starts in September. Baseball's back on. I don't know if that really. I don't know if baseball affects it. But this this week's episode was two point three seven million viewers, which is like just a year ago that would be considered An a disaster. Abs- That's the rating you would get if you were going up against a presidential head to head. So I just like Raw did go under. 2 million viewers over Christmas. Yeah. Which was, you know, that that that's scary. But at the same time, it's the holidays and it's kind of an outlier. But... We didn't watch the show. Yeah, we didn't watch <laughs> Two years ago, you were saying the same thing about the presidential debates and now... Yeah, that that's the norm. Yeah. So I just... So if, if this Raw episode, if the Raw ratings now were to go head-to-head against the next presidential debate because there's going to be one, you know... The, the election's next year, so we're going to be getting into these uh, presidential head-to-heads and things like that. They are going to like really suffer in the ratings. I think we're going to get under two million viewers, uh, like in in the June July. Mm. Yeah, so the next the next three months, Raw's going to dip because no one has ever looked at WWE's year plans and gone, you know, when it's really hot. <laughs> May to July. <laughs> yeah. that, the post-WrestleMania, when you've had too much turkey yeah. dinner and you just want to sit back and go... That is... Yeah, no one looks at that and goes, like, that's the real hot period of WWE. I think it used to be everything after SummerSlam to the Royal Rumble was just dead. Yeah. That was, like, the off-season. But to their credit, they built up Survivor Series quite well. I know <laughs> last year, but ever since Brock and Goldberg, mm-hmm. they've made Survivor Series... A big four destination, and event. I think they have gone out of their way to try and always present one big money match mm. at Survivor Series. Whether that is uh, Lesnar Goldberg, whether that is Charlotte Ronda Rousey, or like previous to that when it was Brock Undertaker and things like that. So I think they were really going out of their way to try and make it a big four destination feel, as opposed to just the Raw versus SmackDown nonsense that means nothing. But but the most worrying thing is when people leave watching wrestling, they they tend to. They tend to go. Mm-hmm. I, I left for three years. Yeah. 
And it's it's rare for and people only, to come back to yeah, it. I only got back into it because my housemate was watching it and there was nothing else on TV. Yeah, and at least it, you got into TNA, which was an alternative. It was more exciting. You didn't go back into WWE. I wasn't watching, I wasn't watching those shows week to week. Same with me. So, I mean, maybe we get to October and people who have lapsed over the last five years, one that, that wrestling fan that's still a wrestling fan that they're friends with is watching AEW. And then that's how they get back into it, just how we did with TNA. And it's they've got a, a, a name there. Well, I'd say two names. And I actually get like a friend of mine, Tom. CM Punk. Well, could be three then. But like, so a friend of mine, Tom, is a, he was a fan like you and I, big fan during the Attitude Era, but like 2001, 2002, stopped watching. Has never gone back to it either. Um, and when I talked to him about wrestling or someone asked him about wrestling, I was like, well, when did you watch? He's like, oh, well, my favorites were always Chris Jericho and Mick Foley and The Rock. That's like when I was watching. So if someone like him is then sort of flicking through channels and you see Jericho and you see JR doing commentary and stuff, it's it seems like a really outlandish thing to suggest, but that might make people stick around. And, I, I and, totally then, and then you get hooked in on the new people. Yeah, yeah, that's the key. You use these sort of legend veterans who mm -hmm. can still perform at a high level and you use them to bring in old lapsed viewers and introduce them to the new stuff. With TNA, it was Raven. Yeah. I, uh, saw, I saw Raven was on that show. He was part of that product. And I was like, well, I'm going to check this out because I loved Raven in ECW and, you know, for all of its faults, his WWF run. And that was when I found AJ Styles, PD Williams, Samoa Joe, Christopher Daniels, Austin mm. Aries, and all these other people. And then that started tuning me into Ring of Honor and things like that. Yeah. I mean, but we're, we're getting into our favorite thing, which is talking about AEW. Uh, <laughs> but, but it's because we're but, paid by them. But it's but I think it is worth bringing up the AEW thing. I also think as well, because there are a few people that say, ah, oh, well, I don't think that includes DVR numbers. And I don't know whether that million or so viewers does include people who are recording things on DVR or, or taping things, but... It doesn't. It's too soon. I think that number is mm. increased, like, the following week. But also, like... The ability to be able to record things is not new. Like VCRs have been around since the 80s and we've been able to record things off television since the 90s. Uh, during the Attitude Era, you were able to record things. People would record Nitro and watch Raw or watch Raw and record Nitro. So I don't think that's a valid argument because it's something we, it's when I remember when um, people got in a stink because Netflix introduced these skip credits button and they were like oh well that's the death of cinema i was like mate vhs have always had a fast forward button yeah. no one complained about that uh so yeah it's uh it's it's worrying for for wwe and it'll it'll be it's their own doing it's their own doing they, they put on largely a very under par product mm -hmm. uh, that doesn't make any sense with the greatest roster in the world as well yeah as uh, yeah that as well so when all elite rests i mean if raw is doing 1.9s this week's, this is another thing we haven't talked about. AEW, we don't know how it's going to perform, but indicators are it's going to have a big network. That That's the reports. Most likely going to be Turner. It's going to be TBS or TNT. Yeah. Uh, so what can we look at to see if these indie guys are ratings draws? Because that's what people tell you. They're just a t-shirt company. Yeah. They're not ratings draws. What, what arenas have they sold out? So All In, obviously, did very well. That wasn't an official AEW event. The, the first official one is Double or Nothing, but those... It's already sold out. Yeah, it was sold out. But, that you know, that's 10,000 people are All In, just mm. over. Uh, how does that translate into viewing figures on TV? Well, last week, last Friday, 
on AAA with their Ray the Reyes show, which admittedly is is a bigger show than their normal Friday night TV episodes in Mexico, drew 5.6 million people, 5.6 million viewers, which and it was a main event of the Young Bucks versus Pentagon Junior and Phoenix. Those are all AEW talent. Yeah, in fact, that match is taking place at Double or Nothing. That is oh that that match was watched in Mexico by over double the amount of what Raw was watched. Yeah. That this week's Raw. So I think it's very interesting and it's yeah, WWE have booked them have like created a problem for themselves where they are easier to beat. Mm-hmm. It's not like AEW is going up against the might of WWE viewership. It's actually AEW getting more than a 1.1.9 million viewers. Is actually very feasible. Yeah, and it's and it's very close to what WWE are currently doing at the moment. Mm. So, and then all you've got to do is if you start, because there was that report that came out. I can't remember who it was from now. It's, it's escaped me. Although Melter d- denied it, but like I think there was some. There was a couple of people who said it was a case, but there's a couple of people saying it's not. That AEW are actually paying to get onto Turner. Turner aren't paying them the same way that Fox has bought WWE's time. AEW are paying for time. However, my argument would be like, that's not the worst thing in the world. If you've got the money to support that, and the Khans do, you get yourselves onto a massive network like that. All of a sudden, you can then prove to yourself, to Turner, hey, we can bring in this. When we need renegotiate for our contract, then we'll talk about who's paying who. So I actually think if, if AEW are paying for time to get under, that's a smart business move. Yeah, I, I don't think they are. But if they are... Vince McMahon did the exact same thing in the early 80s when he walked into ev- like numerous territory TV stations with the infamous briefcase of money and said, your wrestling show from your local territory that you're airing, yeah, I'll pay which you're paying money to to get their programming. I'll give you this money to air WWE instead. And that's how they, they took the territories out of business. Yeah, was the death of the territories. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 
quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. If you're wondering to yourself, what the heck is a crap gimmick? Well, that's a segment we do here each and every Saturday, more or less, on the Wrestle Ramble, where you, the SWAF Nation, send to us your crap gimmick submissions, and then we, the general managers, owners, nay, promoters of crap gimmick wrestling, decide if we want to sign them or not. If you want to send in your submission, it is Luke at WrestleTalk.com. That's Luke at WrestleTalk.com. Disclaimer, huge backlog of them. We're now picking them at random, uh, but if you sent yours back in August 2018, then you are sort of first in line but then they are just being picked at random after that um uh, kamal reed uh, sent in a parody of dave Meltzer, but we've had a, a few of those before so i didn't i wasn't skipping yours over purposefully uh little ziggy on the other hand sent in august 2018 little ziggy um bartram ruff is considered the little dog he stands in at seven foot one 455 pounds and has a very high-pitched voice when he was younger he was trained to become a wrestler but was hit with a botch crotch and changed his voice forever when he comes to the ring his music is really some loud death metal music and he has chains around his neck everyone he comes up against is terrified until he speaks his move can be the rough ride which is a bit like the last ride and the dog pound which is the rings of saturn and the dog's uh, dog's bite where he just bites someone right yeah so it's uh it's roman reigns effectively uh, a bit a bigger version of roman reigns but he's got a high-pitched voice. Yeah, something like that's what a, it boils down to. Like a Braun Strowman walking up and being like, yeah. I'm going to get... Brock Lesnar, essentially. Yeah. I don't like you, Kurt Angle. <laughs> Give him a mouthpiece. I do like I do like the idea of it. Mm. That, makes me, that makes me laugh. It is funny to see a very large man have a very high-pitched voice. Yeah. I think that's, that's undeniable. It's like farts in a bathtub. Mm. Always funny. Well, not in my case. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, why oh, not? They're, well, they're lethal. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it gets, gets stinky up in Ollie Davis's baths. <laughs> but I, I pop them. Oh, yeah. Oof, it's like a little... It's like Hiroshima. Yeah. <laughs> I like them. I like the smell. Yeah. Well, no one else does. Um, <laughs> Matthew Muldoon suggests on September 24th, first time writing to you, but I'm a proud member of the SWAF Nation and a pledge hammer. I was recently in the Western US and passed through a settlement that was famous for the uh, gold rush. This got me thinking about a potential gold mine for the ever-expanding CGW roster. The miner is an old-timey gold prospector whose sole purpose in life is to acquire as much gold or belt as possible. Ah. Think a mixture of gold member and the Will Ferrell impo- uh, prospector character. He comes to the ring dressed like Yosemite Sam with a pickaxe and uses a uh, rough style when he wrestles his opponents and his finisher could be a spear called the Gold Rush. He's a heel because he refuses to wrestle anyone when a gold stipulation is not on the line. This could lead to some comedy segments where he is wrestling for a gold wedding band a woman is wearing in the crowd to those chocolate coins covered in gold wrappers. Similar to Triple 
stage, he will grab his pickaxe when frustrated and use it to distract the referee, who will then take five minutes to dispose of it. All the while, the miner has grabbed the belt of his opponent's gold to whack them over the head and secure the win. Hope all is well. Keep up the great work, Matt. Yeah, I'd say it's a. Uh, I like gold. Oh, I like gold. You crazy Dutch bastard. Both of us big Austin Powers fans here. So I feel you, like he comes up a lot on does. the Saturday Ramble. He does. <laughs> Uh, but maybe you should do a watch along. That's our next screen of <laughs> the Prince Charles. Uh, you should. It's uh, so so. You, you're playing to our hearts here. Mm. Um, also, Yosemite Sam is one of my favourite Warner's characters. Is it really? Mm. Uh, and I like the as, as if the sledgehammer wasn't a ridiculous enough weapon already. A pickaxe, yeah, right. is more so. Protect it's very it well. difficult to well, to gimmick that it. up. Yeah. yeah, same with the sledgehammer. You just put your hand over. Yeah. It. The, the most the, the least lethal part of that weapon still it puts people down though no one kicks out of a sledgehammer spot um but it's not i like the idea of the gold he's obsessed with gold he's he's only going after titles but yeah i feel like there's there's more in this gimmick that hasn't been used it hasn't been mined yeah mm. like he needs to be sifting stuff and yeah yeah well, let's see if uh, Jesse Cumberley from December 5th can change your mind. He says, hi, Luke, first time slash long time. Alfie Schenkman is a former disgraced world-ranked semi-pro golfer. <laughs> he was on his way to the big time when tragedy struck. His caddy had an affair with his wife and he found out about it before the big match to go pro. He was so distracted and in range, he ended up going ballistic. I like that. On a bunch of golf officials and got banned from semi-pro golf and hasn't been able to hit a ball straight ever since. He's the bad boy of semi-pro golf. <laughs> it's like Tin Cup. Yeah. Great or film. Billy Madison? No, no, uh, no, 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 no. Happy, Happy Gilmore. Gilmore. <laughs> <laughs> now he has to wrestle to afford golf lessons. This can turn into in-ring comedy segments of having kids beating him at putt-putts or backstage segments <laughs> where attractive lady golfers are showing him pointers with innuendos like how to grip the shaft and pull, etc. All of which Alfie plays straight like he's getting legit lessons and training to be the best in the world. Uh, Alfie uses golf puns when talking, calling girl wrestlers birdies and the crap gimmick GM the Eagle. When Alfie wins matches, he grabs on the microphone and says, you're not up to par. In ring, he wears golf gloves and nice golf style shoes not actual spikes safety first and only wrestling tights he's got a bit of a hair sticking up like alfalfa but it's never brought up <laughs> in ring alfie shankman has pretty standard striking offense with a few rest holds his three trademark moves are a running knee strike to the bum of a kneeling opponent calling it a hole in two a top rope splash called the foregone four gone conclusion yeah which he uh, usually misses because he's bad at golf since the affair. And the wedge driver, a swinging double axe handle to the side like a golf swing. Mm, yeah, good. Very, very good. Yeah. Uh, when he, he gets a, a beat him up, and it's just an industry. It's like a possible manager being the caddy or like a, a side person. I like how little this has to do with wrestling. <laughs> that, yeah. that was my immediate thought. I like the backstory, not to do with wrestling. Yeah. All the the training to get back into golf, yeah. not to do with wrestling. It reminds me of El Limon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the, a deep backstory. Uh, the only... I, I thought the wedge driver's good, but I thought that if you set up the four, like a, a running punt like Orton yeah. used to have... Because uh, it wasn't that Happy Gilmore's way of... Yes. He'd just run up and... Like, that gets over his angry golfer character. Uh, and through this anger, he's actually been able to to unlock this whole new talent for combat sports. 
My only my only thing that's holding me back is Alfie Shankman. Or Shank is that if you hit the ball and it doesn't go straight, that's a shank. Alfie. I just feel like of all the puns you could have in golf, of which you've done many very good ones here, mm-hmm. I don't think that's the one to, to name the guy after. Yeah. But I do, I like how... Maybe yeah. there, maybe there is a, uh, a golf term that we're missing out on in terms of it being Alfie. Alfie. I mean, I used to work for a golf company, but it's not something that uh, that springs to mind. Well, I watched several hours oh, you of did. the That's Masters right, didn't the you? other week. Yeah. So, I, but I don't. I've never heard Shank. Mm. Yeah. Well, Shank. When I hear Shank, I think stabbing a prisoner with a a crudely a shiv yeah or, or a shank it's also called a shank that's right yeah, yeah. yeah. orange is the new black mm-hmm. um, yeah well I mean do you want to sign any three of those or any of those three rather? I think Alfie shank them to a developmental deal I'm with you on that one and if you want to send a question into the mailbag, all you've got to do is become one of our awesome pledge hammers on Patreon and leave your comments in the community tab. I'm very sorry that we've not got we've missed this for the last two weeks. So we've got a bit of a backlog of these, but we're going to try and get through all of these. But some of them may only be short answers, though I think a few of them require any short answers. But this one comes in from Mark first. It says, "I've noticed over the like couple of years of watching you two that you have a tendency to be negative and down on all reality shows, in particular." Total Divas. I've watched every episode and Total Bellas and Mrs. Show and really like Table for Three and Ride Along. Don't you think that these are great ways of letting the fans see the wrestlers, people that are important to us, in real life and out of kayfabe and what their lives are really like, not just away from the ring, um, but also very often from their characters? Hmm. That's an interesting one. I would really, uh, uh, just, yeah, really oh. big fan of the show and are now Pledgehammer. You really brightened up my wrestling watching experience and the Christmas Day show uh, really kept me company when I was on my own miles away from my family. Oh, happy Christmas. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Um, I would take Table for Three out of that list because I've said loads of times that I really enjoy that show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I wouldn't say that's reality TV either. I would not. That's more of a filmed, heavily edited podcast. Yes. Uh, video cast, I guess. Um, but the, the other ones are well, Ride Along also different I'd agree because that's filming there's not much structure what you're what we're talking about here is not reality shows structured reality shows yeah which uh, are no, like that's... Total Bellas Total Divas Ms and Mrs sure it it looks like it's stuff that could happen in a weird artificial controlled environment but it's it's not it's like all of those things that you're seeing that are real are storylines laid out by producers and writers and the the, the it's it's not completely scripted but it is 80% scripted yeah it is structured reality I remember once like I hadn't seen the only ways you know when there was that big boom like about sort of eight, eight, 10 years ago yeah and there was the Made in Chelsea and all these other ones that sort of came around. I didn't, I hadn't seen them. I, I was far away from it. Until an ex-girlfriend of mine was watching an episode of it. And I just paused and I was like, how do people think this is real? It's a two-camera setup. Yeah, yeah. That was the bit that always got me. Yeah, like there, there's multiple camera setups here. There are people following them. In, there are tracking shots. This, mm. all, this is manufactured. There's no way you can film this like that. Yeah, so so, so really, because I've, I've heard a lot of people say Total Divas is actually an excellent show because it is, I mean, like, I'm not going to sit here. It's very hypocritical to say structured reality, which is this drama we're talking about, is rubbish. But then we sit back and go, hey, but wrestling's amazing. Yeah. Because, like, 
it's so... If you don't like wrestling, you're going to look at a wrestling show and go, that's really hokey, and say all the same criticism. So it's not my personal taste is I just I'm not into that kind of show. And, but but to your point, yeah, I, it's this isn't what people are really like. This is a very controlled. I guess Daniel Bryan's real life character comes through mm. on Total Bellas. Well, you've only but got, largely yeah. it's very controlled. A, Rusev and Lana are not going to be on the next season of Total Divas because the producers t- sent out a survey that said that people don't like their segments. They didn't think they're funny enough and they weren't scripted enough. So mm. they're, they're now <laughs> off the show. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it is structured reality and it's, I don't think it is a, a true reflection of what they're really like in real life. I genuinely love reality TV. I going to show my base instincts here. I love Geordie Shaw. I love Jer- Jersey Shaw when that used to be on. I, I went to the Celebrity Big Brother Live final. That's right, you did. I was in the yeah. crowd and I saw Dennis Rodman and Pete Burns <laughs> and Michael Barrymore. Uh, I I love all that stuff, but that is that's that's people being filmed. There, there's an element of manipulation to it, but at least I can say, well, that was one camera set up, and people are doing stuff in front of it. Just like you said, it was the hills. The hills was the first one I ever saw, where I'm like, well, but that this doesn't make sense because this you've got at least four cameras following them around, but not in like a reactive cinema verite way, film studies. In a we have. Set up in the a same way set. Steven Spielberg would do. <laughs> yeah, we've got like a lockdown. Yep. We've got boom operators. We've got set designers. She has got a vanity light. Yeah, and then you you say, okay, you walk in, you walk in, sit down at that table. Everyone else is in in here as extras and talk to each other. Yeah, it's a bit like on Come Dine with Me when the people uh, I've just got to nip to the butchers. And the shot that you get from the butchers is inside the butchers and then walking in and be like, hi, Dave, how are you? I'm good, thanks. What would you like today? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Razman's reality um, Speaking of reality Got in touch um, He also suggested we, call, we called him Razman's reality In his $25 and above shout out Because that's his name And usually if someone Has already got a nickname I just like Just keep the nickname That they've already got But he suggested we call him Raz the man's reality nice. uh, Which actually ties into His question uh, Which he's been very keen For us to ask Because he's been after this We've missed out this quite a few times um, because of the where we've been missing all of the questions. Uh, would you guys agree with me that Becky has successfully transcended the business? I know that when I was at SmackDown a couple of weeks ago on March 12th, you can see how long ago this was, I had friends and people from my family watching to see if I made TV who aren't wrestling fans. They told me that they could see clearly why she was my favourite because she was the only character on the show that gauged their interest. I've also seen many, many tweets on Twitter from people who are engaging with her stuff and saying she's very good at what she does and they're always seeing on their timelines and they're not even wrestling fans. As a day one NXT fan of hers, I'm fully willing to admit I may just be a bit biased. However, I don't think that's the case here. I think that given people's reaction to her and given the fact she is now the number one merchandise seller in WWE, I think it's safe to say she's the first woman who is uh, who has nothing but a wrestler and not having a reputation elsewhere as Ronda does, who has truly become an absolute megastar and it's amazing to see and couldn't have happened to a nicer person. Um, essentially, do you think that Becky has transcended the business? I would say no, mm. because she to transcend the business means that you are a big star elsewhere in the world. Steve Austin transcended the business because there were TV studios who were going up to him and saying, we want to put you in this TV show that we're doing. And we want to, in fact, that we're going to make a spin-off show for him and everything because he was so popular. He was on the front of magazine covers that weren't anything to do with wrestling. Him and Hogan and The Rock transcended the business 
Becky is a megastar within the wrestling world, but I don't think she has transcended that world. I I agree. Ho- hopefully, she does transcend. Yeah, we're actually very like the the Becky push is is not that old in the grand scheme of things. It's it's six eight months. months. Yeah, six yeah. to eight months. Yeah, six to eight months. So if you've been getting it takes it takes at least a year for the mainstream to catch on to something like this, unless it's crazy hot. Uh, unfortunately, I, I think WWE botched the storyline going into WrestleMania. So Ronda Rousey has definitely transcended wrestling, Absolutely, but yeah. uh, the 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 rub that that gives Becky remains to be seen. Yeah, I think yeah, Ronda is on another level of celebrity that, than Becky Lynch is. Uh, but not to say that Becky can't be. But it's just mm. at this present moment in time. Yeah. China uh, was also a someone who transcended the business. She was asked to be on TV shows and cameo in sitcoms and things like that because she was such a recognizable star, not just from WWE, but also from the stuff she did with Playboy and things like that. That was a big deal at the time. Yeah, of, of all the people recently, I think Nikki Bella and yep. uh, Paige. Brit- Probably. Yeah, Paige, actually. Yeah, absolutely. Because she yeah. had a movie. It did, yeah. Uh, Craig Roberts asked, was wondering your opinion on the following idea. When the NFL do the halftime show for a musical act or whoever has been booked, um, basically what he's doing is he's asking, should um, artists should artists bid to be a headline act at WrestleMania, sort of like the NFL halftime show? I don't think it's... Uh... It's. I don't think that business model would work. I think WWE should go out and pay really big names to be associated with their product. Super Bowl is a you know such a big worldwide thing. It's one of the most watched events in the in the world. Uh, WrestleMania's you know reach compared to that is what like it's less than a million people. It's minuscule. Yeah. So, but the Super Bowl's watched by 40, 50 million people worldwide. Probably more actually. So yeah, there's a uh, yeah. I don't think if you're paying WWE to play at WrestleMania, you're not going to be the level of act that they no, want. They paid Joan Jett uh, for this mm. year's WrestleMania. Joan Jett was not being like, do you know what I really want to do? I really want to play WrestleMania. Yeah, I think it's a very very different kettle of fish. Um, Craig Roberts also asked, do you think the chant "You deserve it" gets used far too often on a whim by fans in the arena? Or is that just me? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, uh, they. Uh, you you come back after four years and you get a you deserve it chant. Yeah, or yeah. you still got it. Uh, Darth Almo asks, with Luke Harper requesting his release from WWE, which wrestler do you think will next be released? Hmm. Next released, or next to ask for their release? Next to ask for their release. I um, not Dolph Ziggler. No, I guarantee it. <laughs> Chad Gable. Yeah, I could see. Certainly a Chad Gable. I meant to, uh, forgot to mention as well on the um, topic of the ratings. You see Vince McMahon's quote of why the ratings are down. Uh, stars were injured. All of our wrestlers were <laughs> injured. And when wrestlers are injured, you can't do storylines. And that's why people stop watching. Oh, poor guy. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, probably Sa- Sasha Banks apparently has already asked. Uh, a member of Sanity. An yeah. ex-member of Sanity. Rather. Yeah, maybe an Eric Young or a Killian mm. Dane. Yeah. Um, another question here if you could merge a Jim Johnston entrance theme with a CFO money entrance theme who would you choose and why I would say none because I hate those merging themes I think they're gross (laughs) Um, yeah if you could yeah I wouldn't so if you had to maybe that's the better way yeah if you had to um, then I'm going to go with 
Balor's theme and Big Boss Man's hard times. I, I'm glad you had an answer. I've got, <laughs> I've got nothing. I've got nothing, I'm afraid. Um, so someone tweeted me yesterday about the uh, the Robert Roode gimmick saying like oh do you think he could, he should be presented as the the new Rick Roode I'm like absolutely not he needs to be the first Robert Roode not mm. the next Rick Roode did Ted DiBiase Jr. when he was the next T- Ted DiBiase completely killed him yeah. completely killed his momentum um, Phil Stopford did ask a question but told us to not bother answering it because it was from last week and we'd already answered the questions in the rambles anyway but he does say looking forward to seeing you at Ready to Rumble as he's never seen it well, you're in for a treat, I'm going to say. <laughs> I did big air quotes for podcast listeners. It's not endgame. <laughs> uh, Noah says, we all know that Dean Ambrose leaving WWE is not a work, but how much do you believe the rumors this could just be a way to give Ambrose time off for him to return later this year? I don't believe that either, because this is the last thing WWE want people to be talking about right now. The idea that stars might leave WWE. So why would they manufacture that idea? Yeah. Um, yeah, they were saying about uh, Harper uh, publicly requesting his release. So they've, they've extended his contract. They were saying, you were out for six months. We've added that six months onto your contract. So well, it was up in November, but now it's up uh, after WrestleMania next year. And then, if they don't use him for any of that period, they can just add that time onto his contract as well. It's exactly what happened with Pac, and it's more than likely it's going to happen with Sasha Banks as well. It's going and to keep, Rey Mysterio. And Rey Mysterio. They're just going to keep adding time onto the contracts uh, until they can't anymore. It's awful. Yeah. Uh, Martin uh, says, Hi, Ollie, Luke, Laurie, and Pete. Hope I haven't forgotten anyone. Mm-hmm. Which tag team name is worse? The Besties Best for Business, Samoan Submission Machine, ah. Boss and Hug Connection, or The Viking Experience? Do you think that WWE are just incapable of thinking up good tag team names? That's a good point, actually, of people thought the Viking experience was bad. It is nothing near as bad as Bestie's Best for Business. Yeah, Bestie's Best for Business. That is a diabolically bad name. Samoan Submission Machine is a great name. That's for Joe. Yeah, but I think you probably mean uh, Samoan Slaughterhouse. Yeah, which isn't... I didn't mind that. I think that's fine. Uh, But yeah. Uh, yeah, they're they're not very good. Well, they are good in NXT. I think it's it's Vince McMahon's tastes. Yeah. Do you remember when everyone was called Team <laughs> Team Hell No? Yeah, so just call them Hell No. Team PCB. <sighs> Uh, Stefan asks yeah, Stefan asks uh, recently there's been a lot of talk about the Fox TV deal that WWE have recently signed and I was wondering how much international TV deals will matter to them being in the UK Sky's always had the WWE over here but there are rumours that their relationship hasn't been the best since the network took away their pay-per-view buys can you see them going to another channel such as BT Sport which has been talked about in the past also can you see AEW possibly exploring a TV deal in other countries such as the UK similar to PCW but on a bigger scale possibly on Sky of WWE moves or even BT Sport since they seem to be uh, the want in on the market. Thanks for all the content and keep doing what you're doing. Shout out to Screen Stalker, especially those playthroughs. Screen Stalker. Yeah, I, I, uh, the AEW should definitely try and get international sales. That's where you know you're, you've got a product and it's making money, and then for no added expense, you can get more money from the same product yeah. by selling it and syndicating it in different areas. So they definitely should. It just depends on whether they can find someone who's interested because I think the UK has got less interest in um, mm. our TV networks. Anyway, we've got less interest in wrestling products than perhaps America does. Yeah. Um, like Rev Pro over here managed to get onto TV, but 
no one really tuned in for it, um, unfortunately. Sky ratings for WWE have really dwindled over the years, like massively fallen so much further than they have on the USA Network. No one's watching it on Sky these days. Apparently WWE are looking at quite a big money deal in India, though, for their TV when that comes up for renewal. Yeah. But yeah, the, uh, international deals are very important. Absolutely. Two more here. And now that has been reported that after Alexa Bliss, Carmella, Charlotte Flair, Mandy Rose, Lacey Evans, Liv Morgan, of all people, on SmackDown is due for a big push, should every woman on the roster just dye their hair blonde? Um, it's not just the blonde though. It's uh, yeah, it, it, yeah. It's the implants as well. That's the mm. other way to to get yourself uh, ahead and in this the skin color. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah, pretty face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Always a bone. Yeah, yeah. There's a type. They've got a type, haven't they? Well, you say they. Yeah. yeah. Well, Kevin Dunn. <laughs> and lastly, Sawyer says, uh, could it be that the Intercontinental Championship and US Championship switching brands is another request slash demand from Fox? SmackDown now has arguably the two most prestigious and famous active championship titles huh. in the business, despite WWE trying to make us think the three-year-old Universal title is a bigger deal than the WWE World Heavyweight title. I can see this being a calculated move by Fox to make their show a bigger attraction. How do you feel about the brand switch of the belts, regardless of who the champions are? I don't think Fox care enough about what the secondary belt is, or the fact what any of the belts are. I I wish I had your investment in these belts, Sawyer. I I don't see the WWE Championship as it's not even called the World Heavyweight Championship, is it? It's the SmackDown. It's the WWE Championship. Yeah, yeah. They switched the name back to just WWE Championship. Yeah, yeah. So. I mean, I just see that as a. I know it's got the lineage of the World Heavyweight Championship and. The Universal has the one. I think that's the right way around. But uh, yeah, I, I definitely see the Universal title as more important. You know, so, I'll you know, tell you what's funny as well is that while I was reading that, I was like, yeah, they have just put the US Championship onto SmackDown. I wonder if he's got a point here, forgetting that it's on Raw yeah. and they've got the Intercontinental Championship. And actually, the US Championship has got a much longer lineage than mm. the Intercontinental one has, which was not won by Pat Patterson in, in wherever it was. Yeah, I bless you, Sawyer. I I love belts too, but WWE do not. And I think and ne- networks care even less. Yeah. <laughs> You're annoyed that you forgot to do a little gimmick, didn't you? Yeah. That's going to be really weird now when people are watching it and are waiting for you to do the thing that you left your seat to go. This isn't in the podcast version, yeah. obviously. Um, but Ollie went up to go get Bird Raptor. At the, the start of the episode, when I realised we were doing an unboxing, and I thought this is perfect. Bird Raptor unboxing Bray Wyatt gimmick. I forgot you to do it. Forgot. I set it up and I forgot to do it. Frustrated with myself. You're like WWE storylines. Yeah. yeah. No payoff. But or maybe I'll pay it off in a month. Yeah. Oh, well, and me, claim that was the plan all along. Um. Sam uh, emails in with his follow-up to the Kung Fu Panda story saying, Dearest Luke, Ollie, Laurie, Pete, the Swaff Nation, and the rest of talk writers, but still not that son of a dat Randy. Hmm. Uh, just wanted to elaborate on my previous email. Sadly, my dad was an alcoholic and the viewing of the movie would be frequent and would aggressively lecture us, uh, bordering on abusive, hence of the horrific ah. tale. Uh, best to end off on a joke, I guess. What do you call a Mexican who's lost his car? Um, something to do with Juan. Is it something to do with Juan? Incorrect. Carlos. There you go, Carlos. Yeah. There Sorry, we are. Joke. He says, thanks again for your consistent work and thanks for the live stream. Sam from Leicester. Um, we also talked yesterday um, about Little Whiskey um, because a friend of mine at university uh, drank a whole bottle of uh, whiskey that she'd bought from Little. Bear in mind, this was like 15 years ago and she drank it all in one night. And Well, was that's v- like 
You could die. Well, she did have to go get her stomach pumped, and she was uh, in hospital wow. for like uh, a bit of a stretch of time. And so we were talking about sort of little whiskey and how it's not very nice. And we got this email in from Garrett that says, "Hi, Luke, Ollie, Laurie, Choppy, Chopper, Pete, Pete, and the one who gets a bucket of fish every head, uh, fish, and he gets a bucket of fish heads every day of the week." Which I'm guessing is Randy Dadson. Uh, just on your admittedly dated comment on Little Whiskey, Luke, I have a stand-up for Little's own brand <laughs> whiskey. Well, not all of it, but their Irish whiskey is passable to my <laughs> uncultured palate and what I and and what I buy if I want cheap whiskey to mix together with ginger ale or coke so this is the stand up I'll try and do my best here but um, I'll be honest I read this and I didn't get it so maybe I'm just unco- I'm uncultured and I don't know stand up yeah it's like a stand up routine he's got it there yeah are you gonna read it yeah Go ahead. I'm curious. Most Irish whiskey is made on one of the three big distilleries, and this one is probably bought from one of those probably coolie, as setting up their own operation would be a huge undertaking. I haven't even tried their cheaper scotch, so I can't speak to that, so there's much more variance, uh, as there's much more variance in scotch. What, that's a, that's a stand-up routine? I, I think so. I, I, I was a bit... It seems confi- like quite a factual, yeah. insightful... Be like if I did stand-up. Yeah. Be like, here are some facts that I know. <laughs> Just basically the only way I'd know. That just sounds like an interesting paragraph. Um, And he said, I was actually uh, leaving Aldi as he was listening to uh, yesterday's podcast. And he said, their their Crave cereal is called Craze. Uh, One day I'll write in not defending a brand. All the best, Garrett from Dublin. Yeah, there's been a... I I was amongst them uh, the last three years. I think it's popular to go, hey, Aldi and Lidl, they look like budget brands. uh, They're of the more European supermarket slant. German. Yeah. Uh, but they they do great alcohol for cheaper prices. They do now, not not previously, not fifteen years ago, but they do now. Well, even now, they're not as good <laughs> as other things because I have sampled many of the little things, and every time I've been like, yeah, I mean it's good value, I guess, but oh, I, I'll, you pay for what you get. Yeah, I like mm. I like the other, I like the bra- I like the market leader more. <laughs> I like I like Disarano. Yeah. Their their amaretto tastes like uh, tastes like sweeties, hmm. Hmm. but no, not in a good way, I would say. Uh, right. Well, let's lastly have this email that comes in from Luke Chador, aka Bernard. It says, "Hi guys, Bernard here from Maryland, USA. You may also know me as Luke Chador. Recently, I've been thinking and I've been realizing something. The Wrestle Rambles and all of uh, Wrestle Talks content has brought me great joy in my life. And if I may not have found you guys or reignited my love of wrestling, I may not have ended up as happy as the soul as I am now. Huh. In 2014, when I was in the sixth grade, I was called down to the school's main office during lunch to be informed that my mother, who was suffering from kidney and heart failure Simpsons had tragically passed away during her dialysis that day. I was only 10 or 11 at that point, and I felt as though my life had fallen apart. Over the next few weeks I took off school, I gained way too much weight, and I became depressed. I had nothing to do but watch movies or play games, and I couldn't cope with going to school. But one day I was looking through YouTube. I found recommended video of Daniel Bryan's monster promo package, and watching wrestling a few years earlier but falling out of it, learning learning it was scripted, this was uh, lit a small interest in wrestling. I was still suffering from depression for nearly two and a half years until about early 2017 when I stumbled upon WrestleTalk. I believe it was a rumour video about the Hardys returning to WWE. I think I even know which one that is. Did a lot of those. Well, it might even have been the one where you and I went to go see Kong Skull Island at the premiere. And mm. uh, it was the longest video you'd ever done at that point. <laughs> at seven minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the ways you could... Uh, Mid-rolls way- weren't a thing. <laughs> <laughs> 
And the way you guys conducted yourselves was uplifting to me. I soon found the Wrestle Ramble, and this brought me tremendous joy. Listening to you lads make uh, making jokes and critique wrestling. Soon wrestling almost became my life as I went into high school and began wrestling. And uh, I listened to the podcast always when it comes out. My depression ended soon after as I found you guys, and that's not a coincidence. Thank you so, so much. Adios, amigos. That's from Luke Chador. I know it's anecdotal, but when can we start officially saying we cure depression? Because there's been a few emails like this now. Yeah. Scientifically, we spark joy. Yes, but I think to be be scientifically, surely they would have to do it to, like, you'd have to put it out to a a large number of people who aren't already, or, like, who aren't Ah. wrestling fans. Okay, so we would then alter our claims and say we cure depression for the male demographic from I don't know when sixth grade is. Let's just say from let's say about ten or eleven. Let's say from ten till fifty. Yeah. And really broad now. Yeah, like no specific. All the people in the world broad though. Who like geek culture and wrestling. Hmm. I think putting geek culture in there is again too big. big, It's too big a spectrum. Who like wrestling. Yeah. Uh yeah. I think we can safely put that on the label of the when we put the podcast in the shop. You know, like the physical podcast yeah, tube. Yeah. We put that on the on the label. We pop it in Lidl. Maybe the London Podcast Festival will actually book us this year um, because they don't seem to want to book us. How do, you, do do we have to get on a? Sorry, we've we've turned your wonderful email into our own annoyance. <laughs> our own grievances <laughs> with the London Podcast Festival not returning any of our calls. That's a very nice email. It was a lovely. I email, struggle wasn't being it? sincere sometimes, so I have to put on a voice. <laughs> I remember once when you and I went to dance to do a podcast record, it was back in the old movie days, and my granddad had just died. And I was in the office, I was in your office anyway, I was working um, at my old job. And uh, I went up and I took a phone call, and I took sort of like 10 minutes to myself, and I, I came back and we went to record a podcast. And I was like, oh yeah, and I uh, took a phone call. And you just didn't know what to do. And I don't even know if you knew how to start the show anymore. Mm. And you just sort of like, just sort of shut down a little bit. Yeah, well, I felt for you. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the, the usually the route is just do nothing or start making awkward jokes. Yeah, I have so many funerals. Unfortunately, I've been to quite a few funerals. Yeah, I just can't help myself. Mm. Afterwards, just making, making jokes. bad jokes. Yeah, no, no, not man. bad jokes like bad taste jokes. Just like they don't work structurally. <laughs> A rambling, incoherent man. Uh, lastly, there's an 80% fact about a song, and this one calls in from Noel. Hi, uh, uh, bold because you're bold, Luke. Wonder Rolly, El Fakador, Laurie, Chopper Beat, but definitely not Randy Two Groins Datsun. Hearing the Meatloaf song, I'd do anything for love, but I won't do that, kept me wondering what the that was until someone told me ages ago that that was not wearing a thong before jogging. Right, so it's... Unprotected jogging, yeah, is what he's saying. Absolutely, there. yeah. Not putting the socks on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, maybe. Uh, so I've, is... I've heard many, many things for what the that is. Well, he says there. Then, uh, so the singer will do anything for love except wear the dreaded piece of undergarment. And I guess I sort of believed it ever since. So maybe he is literally talking about a thong. I don't remember that line in there. Well, I would do anything for love, but I won't do that. You mean literally the song title? I uh, know. I mean, I won't do that. The thing with the undergarment. <laughs> uh, 
thanks if you're reading this out loud. Thanks for the consistency uh, being the Wrestle Talk experience in my ears every day. Cheers. That's from Noel. Thank you very, very much. Uh, that is all we've got time for for this excellent edition of the Wrestle Ramble podcast. We didn't even get to talk about me going to a Grease sing-along tonight. Oh, that's right, you are. We had so many emails that I wanted to get through that we didn't mm. get to talk about the what are you up to this weekend. It's all right. I'll, t- I'll talk about it on Tuesday. Well, no, you, you'll have show. the full-on experience. of. I, mm. When I did my um, uh, intro at the Prince Charles for Street Fighter the other week, there was a Grease sing-along in the downstairs um, area of the Prince Charles, and there were people in full-on get-up. Yeah, I d- I'm not in get-up. Yeah. But, uh, I'm, I'm going to bring my singing. Yeah. I am um, loud, drunk, and singing. When I was at a um, a wedding last weekend, it's quite customary for Grease Megamix to play. I can't listen to Grease songs without start doing the Grease. I know the Megamix more than the individual songs. As I would argue, does everyone? Mm. Everyone knows Grease Megamix. You know, it's at a wedding. You're going to get up and you're going to start doing all the dance moves to the Grease Megamix. You know when all the dance moves are coming up. Uh, this lightning goes into summer loving. Yeah, uh, this. DJ just played Grease Lightning, and not the Grease Mega, not the Grease Mega Mix. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they're not. Dun 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 dun. It didn't do that. It just carried on playing Grease Lightning. And so we were all there getting ready to go into summer loving. Happen, and then all of a sudden we had to go back into and go which I thought was terrible. Yeah, because you play the Grease Mega Mix, mate. That's the rule. We were we were told by someone who knows professional wrestler Shah Samuels that that's how Shah Samuels DJs. He only <laughs> plays the verse and a chorus of a song, and then goes into <laughs> the next song. <laughs> I think it's a wonderful character. Great. Uh, that is all we've got time for for this episode of the podcast. Thank you so, so much for listening. We will be back on Tuesday with the Raw Review and have a lovely weekend. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.